Um, let's, let's just pray. Thank you, Father, that we can gather together on this morning. Though we're in separate places, we are one in spirit. Uh, and your spirit is one that uh, makes us so. Pray that uh, your spirit would speak now as we look at your word together. Teach us, remind us of the things that Jesus said and how he wants to live as a result. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Very good. Well, good morning, church. See everyone out there. Uh, it's so it's good to see you, even though it's a virtual way. And uh, may I can say, wish you a happy birthday since. Uh, Today is the uh, birthday of the church, as, as recognized as such, um, uh, Pentecost Sunday. So let me read you through the, uh, I'll lead you through these, uh, these readings, these three readings as we have uh, given to us uh, to celebrate our, our birthday today, as we've been given to, them, uh, given to us through the, uh, the lectionary, and uh, uh, just see exactly how they may link together and what God may have for us in this. And the, uh, the first reading we have for us is uh, actually from, from John. John's account of when he was with uh, his fellow uh, disciples in the upper room, hearing strange reports uh, from some people that Jesus had been raised from the dead, was no longer at least in the tomb from what he ran and saw. Although they couldn't find the body, there was no sign of their dear friend. And uh, as a result, they gathered together that night just in wondering what's going on. Uh, when all of a sudden behind locked doors, there appears Jesus himself and says to them, to their amazement and to their shock and surprise, peace be with you, which is probably something that they needed to hear because he said it twice and uh, showed them proof that indeed that he was alive and well and no longer dead. Uh, and it's it's interesting, it, it, as John records for us, some of the words that uh, uh, Jesus has, that he put down in his gospel, for what Jesus said with them on this first meeting with many of them. And uh, some of the words that he said, first of all, is that uh, he said, as the Father has sent me, I am sending you. And by this, Jesus carried, indicating that he had carried out God's will as far as he was meant to. And now on this first meeting with them, handing over to them, really the responsibility to carry forward the message that he was sent by the Father to bring to this earth. And now it was their turn. Jesus is sending his followers to take this up and continue doing God's will through them. But what's important that they were not going to be alone, for he said to them, receive the Holy Spirit, which is some, one, one of the other things that Jesus said that John records. And when he did so, he breathed on them, which is really quite significant. Now we saw some uh, videos and such that some of you shot around uh, Spark Hill, Spark Brook, in the area of the wind blowing and uh, the results of movement. And uh, uh, it's exactly that. When Jesus is breathing on them, it's, it's sort of this commission. God's, God sent prophets to remind his people throughout the ages of what he had said. And every true prophet of God had God's breath and words in them. That's where we get the word inspired from. And when he breathed on them, it was as they believed they were receiving God's breath itself in order to carry this message forward because they believe that Jesus is the prophet, not only prophet, but priest and king, which is what Messiah means. And someone only from God or God himself could fulfill that role. 
And so the significance of Jesus breathing on them and seeing receive the Spirit was in a sense that, that blessing and commissioning of them to carry forward this message of what he wanted them to do next, to, take, to, to carry out God's will. And what was Jesus exactly sending them to do? Well, it's found in the words that he had said to them as well on that very meeting when he starts talking about forgiveness. And it might seem strange that he tacks this right on at the, uh, after he said this, but actually it's not strange at all when you think about it. For he says, if you forgive anyone his sins, they are forgiven. If you do not forgive them, they are not forgiven. But that is the key message that Jesus came to give. It's one of a message of forgiveness. And it's through forgiveness that we are reunited with God himself. And actually through forgiveness, are reunited with him and family to become the children of God as well. So on his first appearance, Jesus was appearing to his disciples and telling them, now I'm sending you to take this message of forgiveness to the world and to take it forward in different ways. And I think for a moment we can ask ourselves, just as they were looking and seeing and believing that Jesus is Lord, what about us? Do we believe that Jesus is Lord? Do I believe that he is Lord? And have I received this message of forgiveness? It's a message that has come down to us throughout the ages. And the disciples were obedient to carry that forward. And over the next 40 days, Jesus continues to appear to his followers before he himself was taken up to heaven. But he's preparing them to be these messengers of forgiveness to take it to the world. 40 days after this first appearance, he then rose up to heaven. And about 10 days afterwards, uh, is when we get the, the next reading, when they're gathered together again in a room, all the followers, and all of a sudden they're, they, they, we get what we read in this uh, second reading uh, in Pentecost, where they're in Jerusalem, and all of a sudden the sound of this rushing wind, of a violent wind blowing from somewhere, from heaven into this house, with the appearance of tongues of fire and different languages being spoken in a very dramatic way which in fact was probably really startling to them, but also really curious to the people around because it drew people from around the city to come and see what was exactly going on. And so they gathered around this house and it caused them to come and see what was happening. And then they, heard, they, they heard in their own languages the wonders of God, which then caused them to seek the meaning to what this all meant and what was going on. And that's when Peter himself was given uh, the opportunity to stand up and preach for the first time this message of forgiveness. Uh, to the world around them. And this message of forgiveness, as we see from the second reading, really is for everyone. The message was given in different languages from the people that were gathered at the celebration in Jerusalem. And so it was meant to go out to everyone in their own language, in their own understanding, so that everyone could clearly hear the message of forgiveness that God had given to the whole world. And who do I know that needs to know or hear this message of forgiveness? There's people all around us that haven't heard this, but this may indeed be good news too. But as we can see from this, this reading in, in Acts, in Pentecost, not everyone accepts this. Or we see people heard this right away and said, bah, <laughs> they're drunk. There will be those that refuse Jesus as Lord and reject Jesus's message of forgiveness. And sometimes they can make it difficult for others to believe that Jesus is Lord and to receive this forgiveness. And they can make it difficult for those who have received Jesus as Lord and received this message of forgiveness. 
So there will be those that won't respond to it as we would like or we would hope. But there will be those that will as well. Those who believe that Jesus is Lord and receive that message of forgiveness also receive the Holy Spirit in the same way that we saw that happens on this day of Pentecost. Though it isn't necessarily a dramatic occurrence as what we read about, it is certainly a supernatural one. If I could take an opportunity just to read from uh, John Wesley, what happened to him uh, in his understanding when the Spirit came and he received the Holy Spirit. He says in his journal, In the evening I went very unwillingly to a society in Aldersgate Street where one was reading Luther's preface to the epistle to the Romans. About a quarter to before nine, while he was describing the change which God works in the heart through faith in Christ, I felt in my heart strangely warmed. I felt I did trust in Christ, Christ alone for salvation, and an assurance was given me that he had taken away my sins, even mine, and saved me from the law of sin and death. So John Wesley records for us what it was like for him to come and receive the Holy Spirit. Not as dramatic as we may have seen in Acts, but supernatural, just the same. And as Jesus said himself earlier, before this happened, that they were to wait in Jerusalem to receive this gift that the Father had promised. And he went on to say, you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. And it's funny, when I was reading through that, I think, well, okay, one is baptized. They were to be baptized by the Holy Spirit, but it's also one doing the baptizing, and that's Jesus himself, which again emphasizes that this is a supernatural gift given to us from God himself, and it is for everyone. It is for everyone, and it's to go out to the whole world. But what does the Holy Spirit living in and with a person look like? And that I think we can get a good glimpse in this third reading that comes to us when Paul is writing to the believers in Corinth, as we had read to us, and as it is said to us uh, about the different gifts and things and how they're administered. This is something that we read first off when he's talking about this, that uh, uh, the believer speaks by the Spirit that Jesus is Lord, that it's the Holy Spirit himself that empowers a believer to tell others about who Jesus is and this message of forgiveness and what Jesus has done for us in forgiving our sins. And so that is a very personal than the Holy Spirit working in each and every one of us. It's a very personal thing, supernatural, and it's also very personal. But it is for everyone. And in the same way, as we went on to read, in, as Paul wrote to the people in Corinth, it's very public. It's a very public thing for the Spirit, when he comes and moves within our lives, also works in and through us in ways so that God can be seen for the good of the church. And as a result of this, we see that when God works in different ways, and God is working through them, through the Holy Spirit, the whole church is, is built up for the common good, as Paul went on to describe that it builds up one another within the body when I use my gift in such a way. And I, in turn, am built up when others use their gifts, and I receive from God through them when God is working through that in a way that encourages and builds us all up together in unity as God intended it to be. And when one of us is missing in that way, there's something that is missing that is of God. 
And so we're all called to use our gifts to work together for the common good, for the building up of his body, which is the church. So it's a very public thing when that happens. And it brings together all together these different parts, as, as Paul went on to describe, that though we are many, we are one in the body of Christ. And he described them as Jews or Gentiles, slave or free. And may I add to that, men and women, girls and boys, British, Asian, African, French, or mixed, working, furloughed, unable to work or retired, whatever it may be, whether you're from Christ Church or St. Christopher's or St. Edmund's or St. John's, we are the church. We are many. We are different. And different ways the Spirit works through us. But we've all received one Spirit, and that Spirit works through us to make us one in Christ. That message of forgiveness, lest we forget, is one of the key things that we're meant to do and carry on that forgiveness. For there's no bigger disruption to that unity than the lack of forgiveness that we could have amongst one another. So let's recall from that first passage that message of forgiveness, which adds to our unity, that we need to practice amongst each other so that the body can stay united. For that's what Jesus gave himself for. This message of forgiveness, forgiving others and asking to be forgiven, becomes a way of life because it is the way to life in Christ and the way that he taught us. So it's a very public thing for the body, but it's also a very public thing for our community. For when the community sees us working together and ministering to one another in this way, it makes a huge difference because you can't find that example anywhere else but in the body of Christ, working in such a way where there is love and forgiveness, forgiving each other and seeking forgiveness in a way that builds one another up. On that day in Jerusalem, the people from 15 regions that were named or wherever they were, they believed and they received. They returned home with this message of forgiveness to carry it forward as well to their different regions and into their different homes. And it went out into those communities, making a big difference. And since then, this message of forgiveness has been passed on to us by others who have believed and received. Now that nations are coming to Birmingham and followers of Jesus are sent, it is us who carries forward that message to our communities. So we need to remember, as how, how does the Spirit work through each and every one of us? And ask that question, what does it mean for me, for the Spirit to be working in and through me, so that God can be seen in and through me, to the body of Christ, to the church, so that others are built up for the common good. But also, how is the Holy Spirit working in and through me for the common good of my community? Let's pray. Father, we ask, Holy Spirit, we pray. And Jesus, we thank you for giving us this message of forgiveness. Empower us now through your Holy Spirit, and may you be seen in and through us for the building up of the body, and may we practice this message of forgiveness with one another, and indeed with those within our community, so that the, our church may be built up for the good, and that your message of forgiveness may go out to all the world, and your church may continue to grow. In Jesus' name, amen.